Good morning to everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Today's guest menu looks like this. Charles Edmonds will join us uh, very shortly of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Then we'll be joined by Coach Van Petaway. Uh, He's our basketball analyst uh, for the show. And then last but not least, uh, Willow Brown, who will join us. Here's what's trending on the Coles Brown Show. Courtney Simmons is named the Grandma State's women's basketball coach. Uh, she'll be joining uh, Tiger Nation. And congratulations to Coach Simmons, uh, a Baton Rouge native, and believe it or not, was a finalist uh, for the women's basketball job at Southern University that ultimately went uh, to Coach Carlos uh, Funches. Congratulations in store, Texas Southern, the first HBCU to win the national championship at the National Cheerleading Association Collegiate Cheer. Historic in itself, congratulations to Texas Southern University. And then last but not least for you, SWAC Football Media Day, July 25th. That's coming up. It'll be here before you know it. All 12 teams will be represented uh, at SWAC Football Media Day and also um, they will have uh, two players from each institution. So with that being said, that's what's trending on the Coles Brown Show. There we go, Charles Edmund uh, here on the Coles Brown Show. Charles, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing on this dreary Saturday morning? Well, I- I'm doing well, and you're absolutely right. A lot of rain in in the geographical area. Uh, where you're at, also here in Baton Rouge, it is uh, not raining right now, but you're kind of overcast and you're thinking a little bit of rain may get here. Um, and then Sunday, you start all over again. Um, Charles, last Saturday, I had the pleasure of being at A.W. Mumford Stadium, the spring game. And let me just say this, spring games are just, to me, they're, you're not going to get a whole lot. Um, it's kind of vanilla in a way. Uh, it was very hot, 90 degrees in Baton Rouge. And so I got a chance for the first time. Now, I, I'll preface this by saying the first time for me seeing um, the football team. Basically, everyone wants to know about quarterback, the quarterback situation. Coach Dula came out and said if he had to uh, go with a game, say, this upcoming week. Harold Blood would be the starter. Um, got a chance to see all three quarterbacks. Um, Harold Blood, quick release. He has command of the offense. He still has to improve. And, and, and let me just say this. Every aspect of the team, they have to improve. And you, you have the summer up until fall camp to do so. Um, Noah Bolton, statistically, had the best stats, but there also were some drop interceptions, uh, could have been uh, some pick six. And to me, looking at the quarterback's play, blood didn't surprise me based on what I was told. Uh, Bolton is, is fighting some injuries. Um, but uh, Dalla Mahatra, 
I, I kind of came in looking at him because to me, he's the most unknown. And athletically, I was surprised. That's just me now, my opinion. I was surprised that he he's more athletic than I thought coming in. Also, he has a throwing motion kind of like uh, Philip Rivers. It's, it's, it's not like over. It's not under. It's somewhere like a click or two in between. But I still of uh, I'm of the opinion that this quarterback room is much better than than last year. Running backs, solid. Kobe Dillon looked well. Kendrick Rhymes. Uh Gerard Sims is back. I mean, you've got studs um at the running back position, and I think that is going to be um an area that you 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 won't have to be uh, concerned with receivers, freshmen, uh, Mr. Morris, I call him that, uh, red shirt freshman, and then George Qualls, transfer from University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Uh, they, they are playmakers. And then you had Tyler Kirkwood. O-line will need some uh, added depth, and you'll see some added depth come between now and, and the end of the semester or, or the beginning of the summer session. Uh, defense seems to be quick. Um, they looked to improve on last year. Statistically, they were second. And then the secondary uh, seemed to be uh, very solid. But once again, very vanilla. Uh, running backs will be involved in the passing attack heavily, heavily. And then the longest play from scrimmage was Kendrick Rhymes, about 67 uh, yards. So that's kind of just my take on it. Uh, you got to expect improvement. You have to have improvement. You want to work on depth. As I always talk about, I think coaches know who their starters are uh, going into fall camp. You want to see how the backups perform. And then you also, you want to still see competition. And then they're going to add tr- two tremendous freshman quarterbacks that come in. Where will they play in? Will they redshirt? Will they push for playing time? Um, got a chance to see, um, Willie Totten, and um, he officially was hired officially, although he's been working with the football program um, yesterday. And you could tell the experience he brings, uh, helping the quarterbacks. I saw plenty of times quarterback comes off the field. He's in their ear. He's talking to them. So you can't beat that experience. And, of course, Coach Totten brings a lot of experience and also played um, the position. Special teams. Uh, gonna need some work. They were one of four uh, on field goal attempts, punting, um, pretty solid. But you know you have to just have some work with that. So overall, continue to improve to get better, and we'll see what happens. Charles Alcorn State uh, spring spring practice, a spring game. Yeah, um, from what I was, and of course I was uh, in Baton Rouge last week. Uh, for that, um, it was it was a pretty vanilla scrimmage. Um, we we saw we saw some good quarterback play. Of course, Tyler Macon, the University of Missouri uh, transfer, got got some snaps. Uh, the running game, Jarvion Howard looked pretty good from what I was told. Uh, and but the the thing that I was told more so than anything was that our defense really showed out uh, in in the scrimmage. And if you remember last year, at the end of last year, the Braves defense was really outstanding. 
You know, you go back to the preview game, you 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 keep Jackson State in check. And so the defense kind of picked up where they left off at the end of last year. Uh, so the defense won the scrimmage. Um, we've got some work to do as far as the offensive line is concerned. I think that's going to be a big issue in trying to protect. But our defense was really aggressive. Jarvion Howard looked good. And, uh, you know, just like I think just like Southern University, has got some work to do in the special teams. Coach McNair's got a bunch of kickers in there. Got to try to work through that. So I, I think what the Braves got out of it is what they wanted to, uh, just to see Tyler make it. I mean, him slinging the ball around. I think a lot of people are excited about him, that the true dual threat quarterback that we've been looking for. If you go back to a Felix Harper a couple of years ago. So I, I think when you look at that, I think offensively, we have to be a little bit, uh, I think, a little more creative in terms of how we do things. I think you're going to see a lot more involvement on the sidelines. Coach, uh, Coach Phillips uh, is the quarterback's coach, but he'll be more involved in the offense with Elliot Radden being the OC. So I do think you'll see more diversity. I think you'll see more uh, creativity offensively, especially when you have a dual threat and Tyler Macon. So I, I think the whole line's got a little work to do. Defense looks good. Running game looks good with Jarvion Howard. And I think the Braves uh, have some pieces to be able to make a run at this thing, especially with, you know, the unknowns that we're seeing. I mean, I, what you're saying at Southern is really scary in terms of the running attack. You, you talk about Washington and Kobe Dillon. We know what those guys could do, period. I've seen them in person, and, and I've seen them pound the rock. So I think you look at that, you look at the Western Division, you know, kind of up for grabs, even though Southern's got a lot of pieces coming back. We do, too. So I think the Braves still have a little bit of work to do and uh, just a matter of piecing this thing together continually as we get ready for USM. And I think every program will will, will come out and say the same thing uh, because it's true. You, you, you have some work to uh, complete. You, you, you have to get better in all phases, uh, offense, special teams, uh, defense. That's what spring is for, to help uh, strengthen things that are strong, to get better, <clears throat> excuse me, on things that you need uh, help on. And, and you look at quarterback, it, it normally is going to get all a lot of the attention. Um, and, and I still say, you know, the teams that can have a quarterback that can, can throw it, spin it, make all the throws, you know, lead the team. And to me, a team is the most dangerous when they can do both uh, well, running and throwing it. And um, we looked at Southern University last year. Uh, they could run the football. They were inconsistent in the passing attack. And then you have some um, receivers like Darren Morris. I mean, now he left the game with an injury, but um, the red shirt freshman comes from an outstanding high school program, Coach Daryl Asbury at Southern Lab, and then George Qualls. Then you have Tyler Kirkwood. Um, I, I want to see, and it's just me, I would like to see more involvement with tight ends in the offense. Um, I stated earlier, the running backs, what I saw last Saturday, they were involved in the passing game a lot. So um, you, you got Gerard Sims coming out in the pass routes underneath. You got Kobe, Kobe Dillon, Kendrick Rhymes. I mean, um, and, and that's just not to mention others that other running backs, but those are the main ones that you uh, teams are going to concentrate uh, on O line play has to has to get better as I stated earlier, and then the defensive line. Then they're gonna have some pieces coming in after um, this semester. So how quickly those players can 
can mesh with the, the, the program. And, and, of course, Coach Dooley and the staff, they still have, um, I think like most coaches, they'll have a, you know three or four or five scholarships available if they see something enticing that fits the program. Uh, um, they, on, on social media, you saw pictures, Southern still uh, entertaining recruits. Uh, transfer portal opens back up. So um, the team that you see now will have a you know a slight difference going into the summer session, and, and hopefully you you get all of the student athletes in summer school working toward their degree and then conditioning. And then before you know it, July 25th will be here, Charles. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, the uh, SWAC football media day. It's also a chance to see your colleagues that you haven't seen in a year, in some cases, two years. So, um, you know, you'll have a couple of new coaches there. You'll have some veteran coaches that uh, that'll be there. So it, it's an exciting time. Yeah, I mean, right now, just the, the talk is still. I mean, there's some 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 spring games still to go. I mean, we had our spring game, you few. had your spring game. There are a number of schools that still have yet to have their spring game. So the conversation is ongoing um, in terms of what that's going to look like. You know, just talking. Jackson State still got their spring game to go. Uh, you know, Coach Taylor's been talking about that. And so there there's there's some unknowns. There's still a lot to talk about. And yes, football new media day. The date was announced and. And uh, I think this year, just like the last few years, there's going to be a lot more questions than answers in terms of who's the quarterback going to be, the personnel. So I think that just leads to a lot more excitement, a lot more enthusiasm, a lot more intrigue, and a lot more head scratching, I believe, because I'm sure we're going to be talking about that as these decisions are being made. Well, as we go to this first time out, we're overdue. Who will be the coach that will have the most cameras, the press around them? I'm going to nominate Willie Simmons. I, 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 think, <laughs> I, I think fam, you, and, and he's a laid back type type of guy. Okay. You know, last year they talked about the drip. Who's the best dress? Of course, coach Dooley was in the conversation. And, and last Saturday I saw him uh, dressed down again. I mean, <laughs> and then for the spring game, he goes in, comes back out in, in, in more of an athletic attire. Hugh Jackson. Um, I'll tell a story. I, I was going to do it now, but let, let me get to this first time out. And um, I'm, I'm going to talk about last year, Swag Football Media Day. Uh, wow. Talking about suit and, and needing shades. Wow. <laughs> Remember that suit Charles he had on last <laughs> last year? Can he outdo himself this year? I hope not. I'm going to make sure I bring some dark shades. The light, the colors are just blinding. We'll take a timeout. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, 
but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madnet Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Coles Brown here, Charles Edmond, will be joined shortly by uh, Coach Van Petaway. And, and, and Charles, um, Hugh Jackson last year, of course, you know, walking around visiting the, uh, the different coaches. And so I, I didn't have this hat on, but I had another Southern University hat, black with 1880 on there. And so he turns around, he's talking to um, Coach Dooley, and then Coach Dooley walks away. So he's talking to some other members of the media. So he turns around and he notices the hat. And he was like, uh-oh, guys, look here. 
here's a Southern guy. I said, that's correct. And you didn't want to hear my <laughs> prediction about um, uh, the, the biggest moment uh, in the football season that was upcoming, which was the 2022. But he wanted to know about that. I, I didn't dare tell him that um, I thought Southern would hang a 50-piece on Graham State. But that was my <laughs> big, big uh, prediction. Of course, it didn't uh, work out. But um, yeah. Brian Fulford, who's uh, producing today's show, he agreed with me that um, Willie Simmons, Hugh Jackson, and Coach Dooley will probably have uh, a, a lot of media around them. But they'll, they'll, they'll be um, you know, looking at some of the, the newer coaches, the new coaches. T.C. Taylor, you know, hey, we've got to add him. He's going to have a lot of people uh, around him as well because he takes over for Jackson State. But uh, Willie Simmons. And then, you know, the early prediction I was saying during the break, uh, I got my eye on FAMU, you know, recruiting across the board. They've come close. Jackson State and FAMU, eye to eye. But as you stated, Charles, watch out for Alabama State, Alabama and them. You cannot underestimate anybody on any given Saturday. So you just want to win the week. But it'll be an exciting time. Um, Swag Football Media Day, July 25th. At, in Birmingham, the Sheraton Hotel. Well, the, the, the initial, in my opinion, I think the initial media attention is going to be on the two coaches that represented their divisions and who, the one coach that won the SWAC championship. You know, we follow winners. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you look at Preview's coach. Of course, you look at T.C. Taylor in so many different ways, taking over for Coach Sanders. How can you replicate, duplicate with all the talent that's lost you know, with Shador Sanders leaving and, and all the players have left to go to Colorado and the players have transferred out, there will be a lot of uh, cameras on T.C. Taylor in terms of what his plan is to keep Jackson State at a high level. Uh, I do think for Prairie View, they let the division slip away last year. You know, how you know, that loss to Alcorn really hurt their chances to win the Western Division. Uh, so, you know, but, you know, at the same time, there will be pressure there. Uh, coach Dooley obviously winning the West. There'll be cameras on him. I think he'll be the best dressed coach there. No question about it. It won't even be close in, in, in my mind. There's no one that dresses <laughs> like Coach Dooley. No one. Uh, you know, you can put Coach Sanders right there, but he's no longer there. So I think Coach Dooley will try to outdo everyone above and beyond. Even though, you know, Hugh Jackson and Grambling look pretty well, uh, look good. You know, I, I made this recommendation to Andrew Roberts of the SWAC office because Mm-hmm. Media Day has gotten really big. I suggested with all the bling and all the fashion, have a red carpet type thing leading up to Media Day. And, and, oh, my and goodness. And that was a really good idea. I mean, you know, just see who comes in, best dressed, and just have a big lead up to it. It hadn't gotten any more, you know, traction ever since I brought it up. This was right after Media Day last year. But there will be a lot of, a lot of well-dressed people. There will be a lot of well-dressed coaches and players. And there'll be a lot of conversation. You know, I, I, I do think that uh, for Willie Simmons, this this has got to be it. This has got to be the opportunity. If you don't get Jackson State, then, you know, you got to look at a much improved Bama State team. Uh, I think they exceeded a lot of expectations last year, winning at MEAC SWAC. Coach Eddie Robinson Jr. quietly is kind of building things there. No one's really talking about Bama State. So I think on the eastern side, you know, for FAMU, if they don't get Jackson State and the confidence wavers again, even though they have picked themselves up after they lose to Jackson State, they seem to 
to get it together, but you can't afford the slip of the foot in, in that, in that uh, Miami classic for sure. It'll be very interesting, and um, as we get closer to Swag Football Media Day, we'll we'll take a look. Uh, we usually have um, you you, you kind of rank the coaches, fair or unfair, um, which coaches under will be under the most pressure. I know we can say all of the coaches, um, but you know, just jumping right out, you, you you know, TC Taylor, you know, how do you keep the train going? You know, Coach Dooley. At Southern University, you know the slogan is "Southern is a standard." Um, under pressure, and Fred McNair, no one, no one talks about it, but I, I think he's under uh, under pressure. Now he handles pressure very well. He's going to do what he has to do, and um, uh, but you know a, a lot of pressure across the board. Uh, Coach McDowell at Prairie View. Now, you mentioned that Alcorn game, but even though they lost that game, they lost to Valley for the second year in a row, and that kept them out. So um, you, you can't sleep on anybody. You really can't. So we'll see uh, what happens as we get closer and closer to Swag Football Media Day. Um, Charles, Graham State women, they've hired Courtney Simmons, a Baton Rouge native. Um Got her from Troy State. And if I do remember, she was a finalist for the job that Coach Fonchez got elevated to head coach. Um, Coming from a program at Troy that that they win, I I think, on paper, and we have to say it this way, we'll see three years from now for uh, what happens. But uh, on paper, it it seems to be a a very uh, good hire. Collegially, she played at uh, uh, Louisville. And so she, she'll hit the ground running. And, and, of course, their director of athletics is a Baton Rouge native. <laughs> so uh, Dr. Scott. So he kind of had a, a relationship already established with her. And um, she gets the job at, at Grandma State. Interesting hire. I, did, I didn't see that one coming. That was kind of out of the box hire for sure. Um, you know, there was some some rumors of some folks that were already uh, at SWAC schools that could have been, you know, had an opportunity to get that gig. Um, but, you know, it, did, it didn't go that way. And so Coach Scott going outside the box, outside of the SWAC box, I should say. And so we'll see. I mean, Grambling's a program with a great tradition. You go back to the Pat Bibbs of the world, uh, you know, the Rusty Pontons of the world. That, that brought elevated that program to a championship level. Now you have a coach there, a young coach that's trying to do the same. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some time. But I think, uh, you know, that's the first women's basketball hire that Dr. Scott has had to put his hands on. So I'm sure he'll give it a little bit of time to see if it'll grow and develop. And, hey, you, you got to hit the ground running. We'll, we'll see. As a grandma night, interesting hire. Um, not not against it because I, I, don't, I don't know their new coach, but – it was something that I didn't think about, something that wasn't on my radar, but, you know, we'll, we'll see if it works out. Well, you know, and, and some of the times you, you have discussions about, um, you have the term, do you continuously recycle coaches or the coaches that you know, um, coaches outside the SWAC realm, and, and this one uh, fits that higher. Southern University last week uh, fits that narrative. 
you know, hiring uh, Coach Johnson, who, by the way, I put in um, a request to get him on the show, and I'm waiting to hear back. Um, although from the state of Louisiana, but uh, most of his coaching has been outside the swag. So um, that is something that's often discussed, uh, even on social media. Um, you know, how is, is that the way you want to go? Do you want to go with someone that has conference or institution the institution's uh, background, but I think you have to get the best person for the, uh, for the job. And that, that goes on, that goes with the uh, director of athletics. If they have a direct hire or if they have a, a committee, um, that's just some of the choices that, that you have, but we see those two hires, the latest two hires, it's some, it's outside the SWAC blueprint. And we'll see what happens with that, but I, I think it's a, I think it's a good hire, and I'm not really shocked about by it because I know, uh, I know of uh, Coach Coach Simmons, and um, you know what happened as far as uh, Southern University, and I actually thought she was going to get the job at Southern University, but but then hey, Coach Banks makes the decision, and you and you go with it, whoever your institution or your alum of, and when they make a decision, you have to support it, whether it was your first choice or not. But of course, you're not the director of athletics. So uh, we, we will see. We will see. We'll, you know, two or three years from now, we'll look at uh, where Grandma State's women's basketball program, they have a tradition, they have a history, and they have uh, won in, in, in previous uh, seasons. So um, a native of Baton Rouge, she played at the University of Louisville, 2006-2008, two NCAA term appearance and a Sweet 16 appearance. Prior to her two seasons at Louisville, she played one season at Trinity Valley after beginning her career at Tulane in 2004 and 2005. Uh, Courtney uh, Simmons, the new women's basketball coach at Grambling State. Uh, Charles Nunn, um, well, I won't say none sports, but the Texas Southern, uh, congratulations. They are the national champions of the National Cheerleading Association Collegiate Cheer. And that's the first time HBCU uh, has won it. So kudos to the Texas Southern cheerleaders. That's historic in itself. And it's always, no matter what year, somebody's making history on, on the HBCU level. Yeah, it's good to see that. And we don't talk a lot about the, the, the non, you know, we always talk about the big sports, football, basketball, baseball, all that. But, you know, we, we, we talk about gymnastics. We talk about on the HBCU level, I think uh, Fisk and their gymnastics uh, team. Uh -huh. And so you talk about Texas Southern and the cheer team. So, hey, these are great athletes that are doing these things. Those are great programs that are doing these things. So congratulations to Texas Southern. You know, uh, doc, Dr. Granger can, continues to do good things there at Texas Southern uh, with, you know, of course, with men's and women's basketball and the up and up and in football, maybe turning the corner. And now you have that. So it, it, it just thumbs up to everybody involved. Thumbs up. What we're going to do a little bit earlier, we're going to take a timeout. Let's see if we can uh, grab Coach Petaway. Um, he's scheduled to join us. Um, We'll be back. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. 
There's a shot. shot that might be. It could be. It could be. Right field. Grand slam. What a shot. That's how you get hot, young fella. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do and all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get him! It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's... to uh, uh send a message to uh mike see you in Alcorn <laughs> this football season <laughs> mike you know who i'm talking about mike says all corn running backs are he thinks they're the top in the conference as far as running backs well you know it's a long way to go until fall camp Hopefully, it will be an exciting season. Welcome back to the Carlos Brown Show. Now we're joined by Coach Penaway. I simply call him the basketball analyst for the Carlos Brown Show. Coach Penaway, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Carlos. I'm, I'm happy to be here, and I'm uh, even more happy to hear you talk about college football. I love football myself. Uh, I do try to travel during the, the uh, football season. And in fact, one of my better game day experiences was uh, my brothers and I, we went to Alcorn. We, we had a mm -hmm. game day experience down at Alcorn, and it was real nice. And uh, I was real impressed with the RV park that they have down there. 
and uh, we 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 had a lot of uh, we had a great time. And then, of course, I've always uh, been a fan of the way Southern does things. I have also tailgated at Southern uh, University, so it, it, it's been great. So so far, I've been to Grambling, I've been to Southern, of course, Alabama State. I've been to uh, Valley. Have not tailgated at Prairie View mm-hmm. and Texas Southern, so so that's on my bucket list. That's on my bucket yeah. list. That's to be honest. That's all I have. Le- oh no, I don't. I got to add now. I now must add Fam U and Bethune. And Fam would have been out of the way, but the RV messed up the, the day before we took off. Wow. So I would have had I would have had Tallahassee out of the way. But my goal is to make sure that I have gone to all, experienced all of the the uh, squat uh, football tailgating, and uh, I'm still working towards that. Well, you uh, your list is a, a little bit better than mine's. Uh, believe it or not, I'm going to say this again, Charles. I haven't been to uh, I haven't been to Grandma's campus, and every time I say this, I'll get an email. Yeah, see how you're saying what. <laughs> um, I've, I, I, I've getting, I've taken to task for that. Um, I've been to Valley in the eighties. My goodness. Uh, I couldn't appreciate it because I was a much younger man then, uh, actually about 20 years old. And, um, I, I thought we were going to the end of the earth. It, it seemed to be that long <laughs> and I'm in the back seat and my, and my, um, grandmother and, uh, my grandfather were driving, believe it or not. That ended up being an eight-hour trip. And they didn't believe in stopping after the game to get a hotel. That's a long drive from Edabina to, to Baton Rouge. Um, Alabama State, uh, if thing goes well, I'll be there this year, the opener. And, of course, I haven't been to Prairie View. I've been to the game of Texas Southern. I've been to Alcorn. I've been to Jackson. So I, I do have a little more work to do on my bucket list. But Coach Petaway. Yes. Basketball. We talked about the final four, and um, we got the final two teams right. But uh, UConn gets it done. Uh, they're the national champions on the men's side and on the women's side. Whew. LSU. And, boy, I mean, to me it's all about the game. But after the game, it has been on the national stage every day. And I mean every day, but congratulations to uh, – LSU women and UConn men. Your thoughts on, on the prospective games? Well, I'm going to start with the men. Uh, I predicted that UConn would win after, you know, we got into the Final Four. And I felt like that because of their depth, their size. And, man, they they just – they got after you, man. They were relentless. And then when you looked at uh, uh, San Diego State, they had many, too many scoring drops. Uh, throughout the tournament. You know, even in the games that they won, they had to come from behind because of the scoring drops. So uh, I, I, I thought Coach did a great job with, with UConn. You know, he, he, he's he got that pedigree, his dad, his brother. So the Hurleys are well known uh, in the basketball world. So I'm, I'm proud of them for winning. And we have to start putting them in. When we start mentioning Blue Bloods, they've won five national mm-hmm. championships. Same as Duke. Mm-hmm. Duke is always mem- uh, mentioned. Remember, yeah, right. Uh, mentioned as one of the the 
the blue bloods of, of college basketball. So they got to start. They got to give UConn some respect now and start giving them that. Uh, one of the things that I've always thought about, we keep mentioning UCLA. I thought UCLA got most of their championships under the John Wooden era. And that's, uh, what, 30, 40 years Excuse ago. Me. So, so to, to bring it uh, fast forward, I, I still think Kansas, uh, Duke, North Carolina, I think those are the programs that when you start talking about Blue Bloods, uh, Kentucky, those are the Blue Bloods when it comes to uh, men's basketball. Now, on the women's side, this was one of the most exciting tournaments I've ever had an opportunity to watch. I thought the the women's basketball showed those those young ladies showed the world how they can play the game of basketball, how the game is being played below the rim, uh, how they're executing their half court offense, and I thought LSU did an outstanding job of bottling up. They did not stop Caitlin Clark, but they reduced her touches and they slowed her up enough to where she could not single-handedly beat them. You know, it was a total team effort by LSU. Uh, I, I thought Coach uh, Malky had a great game plan, and those young ladies went out and they played their hearts out, man. They put it all on the line. Now, the controversy. A lot of people are talking about what Miss Reese did in holding up the finger. Well, first, putting a hand over her face saying that you – you know, you can't or you can or cannot see me. And th right. And then, of course, you know, point to a ring finger. Well, now you you, you got to look at the total. T the You got to look at the total thing. Don't just take that one incident. If you go back to the Louisville game, if you go back to the South Carolina game, there were things in that game that Caitlin Clark did that the public didn't they didn't harp about it that much okay but she did some of the exact same things in that game in those games and then of course because she did not win the title and lsu did come out on top yes miss reese did her thing but don't all teams and all sports don't they have people on their on those respective squads that um played on the edge that's all that was, man. That's that's just people mm -hmm. competing. Those were two late. Those were two teams that just really competed. They got after each other, and it's called smack talking. They're gonna talk smack. I, I oh, think yeah. sometimes, I, I think sometimes a little bit of that makes the games more interesting. You know, we as coaches, mm -hmm. we tell our players not to do it, but when emotions become involved, man, sometimes things like that will happen. And I yeah. just think that we need, you know, the media needs to give it a rest because the players have. You know, Caitlin's moved on. Miss Reese mm -hmm. is trying to move on. But, but you know, all this attention that that, uh, that this incident has brought, it hadn't hurt Miss Reese because right now, I, from if I'm reading it correctly, uh, since uh, the playoffs, she has gained uh, more NIL deals. And right now, mm -hmm. she's supposed to be the top NIL person in the country, male or female, when it comes to basketball. And, so and, her basketball and coach, size, she has capitalized on it. 
Right, and coach, even before the championship, she her NIL deals were even from the financial aspect was, was pretty right. good. Charles, um, let's just say this. Some people who are not used to uh, those type of games, sometimes the culture of it, like uh, I'm going to bring it this way. You've been to a, a swag baseball game and softball. A lot of chanting is going, chatting is going on in the dugout. Um, uh, a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Baseball. Um they do these type of things. So if you're not really used to it, then you call it out as, you know, not being professional a professionalism. But um, a, a, a lot of that goes on in, 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 in baseball, uh, football, and, and in basketball, a lot of smack, a, a trash talking. Every, everybody does it. For example, in the NBA, who do you think was one of the best trash talkers? And that's just a term I'm going to use. And he was an African-American. You want to take a guess? My. Larry Bird. Yeah, Larry Bird could talk a lot of smack, but but backed it up as well. Right. Miss Reese backed it up. You know, she's outstanding. And, and, and Coach Petaway, their bigs were much more athletic than Virginia yep. Tech's. And also Iowa. Quite yep. simply, they were more athletic. Charles? Yeah, I, I think, you know, for as far as the, the women's Final Four and LSU, congratulations to them. I think for us in society, I think we're just not, we weren't used to seeing all that smack talk and all that trash talking going on on the women's side of the ledger. I think that's what's got a lot of people sideways. You you see it on the men's side. You You see it. But on the women's side, you you hadn't seen it until now. And I think it's caught a lot of people off guard. Now, you know, I'm not one for all the extra stuff. I mean, I was at your house. We were look, looking at the championship game LSU last year. And just, you know, it just, it, it looked kind of uncomfortable if you're not used to it. And so I think what this may do going forward, because LSU is going to be in contention for the next several years. They got one of the top recruits already that's, that's, that's going to commit to them for next year. I think you're going to probably see more of this. And I think it's 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 good for the game. And look, I've heard the, the comparisons when when Curry goes at it, when Draymond Green and, and you know, you, you know, all the smack talking in the NBA. Nobody has a problem with that. You know, if you can talk to talk, you got to back it up. And when you don't, you're going to get called out on it. But they can and they have. And so for Reese and, you know, for Iowa and LSU, all the smack talk, both teams backed it up. There's only going to be one champion that, LSU was that team. <clears throat> I thought the better matchup would have been South Carolina. And I and I really didn't look at Iowa's game with South Carolina. And I'm looking at that LSU game last week, and I'm wondering what, how in the world did South Carolina lose to Iowa? I mean, I'm still kind right. of wrapping my brain around that. But it didn't happen. That's what makes sports Match, matchups. You can, matchups. You got to play it out. And, you know, hey, South Carolina just didn't have it. They didn't have the perimeter. Uh, defense, they uh, and all of that. So, but I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I think it's more exciting for the women's game when you have some of that going on. It makes it more exciting. You got to back it up. LSU did that. Reese did that. And uh, congratulations to them. Now, as far as the SWAC is concerned, and it's interesting you bring that up about SWAC baseball mm -hmm. in the smack talk. Our baseball coach, Reggie Williams, is his second year. His mm -hmm. first year, he dealt with a lot of that stuff. You know, he dealt with a lot of that trash talking on 
from the other dugout, and he didn't like it. He didn't like it whatsoever, and he's talked to his team about playing with class and dignity and play the game the right way. Now, on the other side of it is like uh, swag baseball, the smack talk, swag softball. There's a lot of smack talk there. This is what we do. Uh-huh. Get used to it. And so it, you know, it does trickle down. We 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 have that in our game as well in the swag. And if you can back it up, fine. As long as it doesn't become dirty and egregious and crosses the line, I think it's great entertainment. I think it's great energy and enthusiasm from everyone, as long as it doesn't get out of hand. And I think that's kind of where it has gone. Some people feel like it's gotten out of hand with LSU and the, and the back and forth. Uh, but I I I don't I had a problem with it initially, but I'm like, you know what? This may be the best thing for the women's game because they don't get the ratings. They don't get the play. They don't get the media coverage. This was the most watched NCAA women's tournament in the history. So I think this may be the start of something here. This may be a start of something good, not only for college basketball, but especially the women's game. Well, I mean, 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 Coach Petaway, it was entertaining and it was exciting. And that part, what happened at the game, that's the secondary thing. I mean, it was actually outstanding to watch. And, 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 and women athletes are competitors as well. They're athletes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think you, you're going to have that, man. We, we, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they started in, in Little League and, 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 and bitty basketball with, with, with people talking smack. But you try to teach the kids at an early age to, you know, to leave that alone. But when emotions come uh, come out, man, it's just going to happen. That That's just yeah. going to be a part of it. And I've been watching the women's game. I've always watched the women's game. I, I, I like watching uh, certain coaches, like in our league, man. There were, cert- there were certain female coaches when that when that teams played us at A&M. Man, I was there for the tip because I, I like – I like watching them. I like learning. I would like good basketball, whether it's male or female. And still to this day, one of my favorite local teams is one of our girls' basketball teams that, that won the 6 eight championship. I, I follow them uh, like I have a best interest, man. I just like how they play. I like their style of play. I like how they get after people. And they're one of the best teams in the country, man. So great basketball they're going to bring a new audience, man. I think the women's game, this women's tournament, they're going to see an uptick from here on out because they saw some exciting basketball. And some people just didn't understand or know that women can play the way they play. Mm-hmm. There's some very yeah. skilled ladies out there, man. And then they and got some yeah, super yeah. coaches out there. Yep. And, and, and even, know, Carlos, the intensity for, for SWAC women. I mean, you look at uh-huh. the Cynthia Coopers of the world. You look at the Renette Skeets of the world. You look at the Tamika Reeds of the world. Uh, yeah. You look at out. You look at Frida Jackson. I mean, those are about as intensive coaches as you can get. And, and their teams are a reflection of their coach. So you're seeing, right. you're seeing some of that even at, at, in SWAC women's basketball. You're, you're seeing some of that now. And, and, and who knows, Grambling with their new hire, who knows what she's going to bring to the table in terms of intensity. I'm pretty sure that's probably going to happen too. So you're, you're seeing it at even in SWAC women's basketball, even on the men's side with Johnny Joe, Landon Bussey, the intention, the, the, the intensity mm-hmm. that he brings that I think other teams are going to try to replicate and duplicate. 
coming off of back-to-back -back regular season championships. So you're seeing that passion. You're seeing that intensity. You're seeing that hard play on the men's and women's side. So I think, you know, we don't talk about it at our level as far as the SWAC, but we, 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 we are getting a little bit of that too. You're getting some of that passion, that emotion, and that intensity. And I think it's good. It's good for SWAC basketball too. Yeah, because yeah, I always yeah. talked about Coach Petaway um, when he came to the F.G. Clark Activity Center, very passionate. Now, some of the coaches you and Coach Petaway won. But now, let's, for example, Johnny Jones. Now, we're talking about court demeanor, or are we talking about personality as well. To me, Johnny Jones is mild, mild-mannered, you know, on, on the court. But guess what? When it's tournament time, bam. He does well. Coach Funches is mild-mannered to me. Now, that's my definition. Now, Tamika Reed, intense. Intense. Who who else am I missing on the women's side? Um, Frida Jackson. Coach. Frida Jackson. Yeah, intense. In, intense. Um, I think Margaret I Richards of Alabama A&M is intense. I, I've seen her get, mm -hmm. get riled up at times. I think I think Margaret Richards, quiet as a kept, is kind of the same way. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Don Brown, Thornton. Yes. At UAPE, intense. How about how about Prairie View's women coach? <laughs> now, see, oh. you know, she told me years ago she was more intense in practice, but you know, game day she's more, you know, mild mannered because she said you if you're over excited then your team kind of you know catches that feeling so she said she did most of us screaming and hollering and just intensity we're, we're doing practice brought all that up to say this coach Petaway. um you know you need a little bit of this you of course you need x's and o's you got to be kind of a ceo you got to have good assistance that you can rely on if something ha happened for you to you health wise or something you have the utmost confidence in your assistant coach, coaches. So that brings me to this. Assistant coaches, no matter what level, football, basketball, baseball, Coach Petaway, I think they should financially be rewarded more because I've kind of seen some of the, uh, at Southern University, some of the coaches and the ADs and what they make and it's unbalanced. It's uneven. I, I like to see uh, some more equity as far as paying the assistant coaches more. And, and I can't speak for other institutions, but I, somehow I sense that they feel the same way at other institutions in, in the conference. Should position coaches, assistant coaches, should they earn more? Yes, they should earn, earn more. That's the only way you're going to be able to keep them. If, if 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 you if you got a good assistant, you better be about trying to get that assistant paid to keep that assistant from going somewhere else where they're going to get more money where they can take care of their family better. I, I think uh, in the SWAC, well, to me now, it's not just assistants. If, mm -hmm. if you look at the salaries of the coaches in the SWAC, the head coaches, they're not where they need to be. Mm -hmm. So if the head coaches' salaries aren't where they need to be, you know the assistant coaches aren't going to be where they need to be. You got you 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 got power five assistant coaches that make more money than some squat head coaches. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So th- that's why it's hard to get some assistance to leave a power five to come and be a head coach of the SWAT because they're making more money. Now that guy, if he really wants to be a head coach, he might sacrifice that salary for a year or two mm-hmm. just to be a head coach. But in terms of, of finances, there are a lot of power five assistants that are making more money than our head coaches. So see, something needs to be done about that. We need to really look at that so that you will retain the best coaches that are out there in the swag. And see, this, this the money thing is not going to ever go away because there's such a big disparity in, mm-hmm. in the salaries across the board when it comes to Division I basketball. In FCS football, there's a disparity in the coaches, the head coaches and assistant coaches' salaries. So it's a disparity from league to league. I guarantee you the Southland coaches make more than the SWAT coaches. Mm-hmm. We're on the same level, but they make right. more. So it, it, it it's a big issue that the administrators are going to have to sit down and look at. And uh, they, they just got to do it, man. You, you you want a good athletic program? It costs. There's a cost to pay. And 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 no head coach is going to be successful without good assistants. I don't care what yep. level you're on. If you don't have good assistant coaches, it's not going to work. And you got more and more on your plate now. We didn't have the NILs. We didn't have the transport portal. The transfer porters hurt us right now in the swag. You look at all corn. They don't lost they lost Bruton and Montgomery. Yeah, I saw that's that. 20, that's over 22 points coming off of Bussy's uh roster. 22 veteran points. I'm talking about two guys that, that know how to play in the swag. That, that that's gonna hurt. Okay, you go over to uh Prairie View. Uh Gamber's in 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 the uh portal. Uh, well, I don't think Southern's going to miss. Williams is in the port at, at, at Southern, but I'm not sure yeah. how much, if that's going to be a big impact. Arkansas Pine Bluff has two kids. I don't think that's going to hurt. But now you look at all that Valley. Their top two scores are gone at Mississippi Valley. Mm. Mosley and Brown. <laughs> P.J. Henry at Texas Southern. Oh, yep, 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 yep. And, and, then they, and also at Texas Southern, you got uh, – Martin. Martin's in the portal, but I don't think they're going to miss Isaiah Martin as much. Alabama State has four people in the portal. Uh, Posey, McCord, Anderson. Florida A&M has, uh, they're losing Tillman. That was 10 points a game. So, see, we're talking about coaches. You got added stress, added responsibilities with this portal and and this NIL trying to keep kids that you've already recruited on your campus, to your campus, you got to re-recruit them to keep them to stay. Hmm. And that's tough, man. And people don't, we we don't see it yet, man. We don't see it yet. And and then scholarships are year to year, but I remember a time when it was, you made a commitment. It was honored for four years. I remember remember a kid um, was in an accident not a playing accident, but just, you know, a non-playing accident. And Southern honored 
that kid's scholarship for three more years. He's a former football player. So um, ever-changing athletics, I mean, I will tell you, it is a tough job. I understand coaches, uh, director of athletics, and, boy, you you better have a chancellor president that is on board with you. That could make a difference. And I agree, Coach Pettaway. Um, you got to sit down and, 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 and always try to improve. You can't rest on your laurels. You know, we used to use the term, we're in 2023. The 1990s model is, is outdated. And yep. so you you got you got to update, just like the computer science programmers out there, or the kids who are majoring in there. There's always updates, and you got to yep. update uh, uh, your programs. Charles, hold that thought. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, it'll be more of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden and Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. <laughs> and with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. week's edition of the Coles Brown show we've uh, added another piece and we're going to get the director of athletics piece from Willa Brown we have coach Petaway uh, joining us also continuing to join us from the coaching perspective Charles I guess me and you are coming from the perspective of uh, the non-coaching and the non-AD perspective <laughs> <laughs> But uh, good good afternoon to everyone. Um, Willa, you heard the uh, conversation leading up to the point. I think I brought up um, a 1990s uh, model versus a 2023 model. And you, <laughs> during the break, you said, yeah, the model should be different, but the money's the same. So how, how do we, how do we uh, get, extra funding because i know some institutions are state institutions some rely on auxiliary organizations i guess very little but what what is kind of the solution to to to, in your opinion to bring um the model our hbcus to get uh, from a financial standpoint better funding well I, i think uh you have to evaluate your revenue streams you know, where, where are your monies coming from? And right now, when you're talking about HBCUs and the HBCU model, quote unquote, you know, on the average 60, probably upwards of 60, 65% of their monies are coming from student fees. You know, mm-hmm. and we all know uh, how difficult it is when you're talking about trying to raise student fees, that sort of thing. So. You know, you you have to try to control uh, those streams that you can control. I mean, you know, you look at uh, uh, ticket prices and things of that nature. You don't want to go 
haywire with that because you you know you do want people to you know come to your games things of that nature you know i i think you know there was a time a long time ago where all the ticket prices were the same pretty much but you know probably over the last 15 years or so folks start charging more for like your homecoming games and all that sort of thing trying to you know maximize those particular revenue streams you've seen ticket prices go up you've seen parking prices go up you've seen tailgating prices go up uh you know the 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 one stream that probably needs to be worked on the most is is the uh the giving you know the the alumni streams and things of that nature uh you know we 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 talk about some of these uh other revenue streams like uh you know your your tv and you know things of that nature and and most of those things are you know are governed by the the conference in and of itself so you know in some instances that's a plus but in a lot of ways for your more marketable type schools uh it, it becomes a minus and uh because i'm sure that there are probably a lot of other schools a lot of well-named schools like southern maybe jackson state you know north carolina A&T, a few others that could probably do better you know if they ventured out there in terms of their own media rights deals and things of that nature but you know when you're part of a conference and you're swept up in the, in the conference deal you know, then it, it kind of limits you. So, you know, there's some things that you can control, but a lot of things that you, you cannot control. And, uh, you know, while budgets increase, you know, pretty much, not on a yearly basis, but, you know, on a regular basis, but it's not enough to keep up with inflation. Costs go up every year. Travel costs go up every year. Hotels, meals. I mean, the, the whole nine yards. And, you know, while I agree with Coach Petaway in terms of assistant coaches being paid more, you know, the question becomes once again, you know, where where does the money come from? You know, the, does the head coach take a little bit less in order to keep that top quality assistant on, on his staff? If I'm a head uh-huh. coach and, and I got a guy that I can't do without, you know, then if I got to bite the bullet at the end of the day in order to keep that guy, then I, I, I got to look at, you know, the possibility of, of, uh, of biting a bullet and, and trying to, you know, decrease my salary a little bit in order to increase his. But, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's got to be a way to find a way to get it done. It's just so difficult because you got so many hands in the pot, Carlos. You know, everybody's touching athletics on your campus, that sort of thing. And, you know, you talk about auxiliary services and, you know, you talk about a lot of the other uh, auxiliaries, that sort of thing. But, I mean, they're, they're in it to make money also. And uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a catch-22 all the way around. Yeah, and see what I would do, Carlos? See, Carlos, mm-hmm. I, I would sit down. Uh, me and A.D. Brown, we come together, we sit down after the season is over with, and I'll tell him, look, my top assistant is not making enough money. I know things are tight. This is what I want you to push to the president. I'm going to play one game guarantee. One, we're going to use that money to help supplement his salary and for us to recruit with. Mr. A.D., do mm-hmm. you think we can get this pushed through to the president? That that would be my goal because you don't you don't have the other the, the outside revenues that they can tap into. So 
a game guarantee is not money that they have on hand. So let me go play this one game, use the funds to come back into the program to make our program more stable. And that's what I would be doing with A.D. Brown at the end of the season. Uh, A.D. Brown is a tough cookie, but I think he's fair. <laughs> what, 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 what would you say to that proposal, A.D. Brown? Well, I mean, we, we'd have to discuss playing a quote-unquote extra guarantee game. Why well, don't you say from that extra from that extra guarantee game, you know, maybe going into uh, uh, the program, you know, in, in and of itself. And, and I could see that, you know, I would not have a problem with, with that at all. The problem probably right. would be maybe selling it to the president, that sort of thing. Because, you know, what does soccer do? What does volleyball do? What does softball do? You know, I mean, they, they got, you know, the, the same kinds of needs, maybe not on a as grand a scale, you know, but I, I can, I can, I could get with that very easily. You know, if my coach right. came in and and we had scheduled nine guarantee games to play, uh, and he's willing to, you know, go and take forth that tenth game, you know, and and I could see taking those funds from that tenth game and putting it into, you know, that that particular basketball program in any way, shape, form, or fashion. You know, and that's something that I did when I was at. When I was at A and T, you know, my uh, my men's basketball coach Jerry Eve, you know, he would play an extra guarantee game or two, and uh, I would make sure that the money went into his program. You know, he built a, a weight room in the in the basketball gym, you know, off of money from that extra guarantee game. You know, he was able to pay a couple of his assistant coaches a little side bonus, things of that nature. He'd get a TV for the locker room or you know, get the lockers spruced up, that sort of thing and stuff. So, you know, it, it's a great idea and something that, you know, that, that needs to be looked at. You know, at the same time, you're looking at the possibility of putting another L on your resume. And, uh, you know, while I understand it, you know, when that you go before that next AD, your resume goes before that next AD, and he's looking at all those losses that you got on your resume, he may not understand it as much as I do. So, you know, remains to be seen. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Based on you my, know, well, I, I was going to mention, Carlos, based on my understanding, mm -hmm. and, and A. Brown can kind of help with this too, based on what I've known in the past, typically there are meetings between the AD, the coach, and your chief fiscal officer before the season in which there's a certain amount of money that you're expected to bring in uh, for guaranteed mm -hmm. games and it's up to you to find those games to make it fit, make the money fit. And as, as has been mentioned, anything over that, then you can use, you can skim off that and, and do some other stuff, you know, with that in terms of, you know, paying coaches and, and other projects that you might want done. You know, I, I look at Texas Southern and I think that's other teams have talked about TSU. If you look at Johnny Jones staff, how many coaches does he have on that staff on that bench when you look at Texas Southern? He's got five or six guys. You know, those guys, and they're most of them are veteran coaches, veteran assistants that are being paid pretty well. So the money to, to take care of that, does that come from university? Does that come from guarantees? And you look at TSU's schedule, 
And you see they've got 10 and 11 and 12 games playing Michigan State and Kansas State. They're getting 100 grand per pop every time they're playing those schools. Mm-hmm. They're getting six figures. They're getting six or seven of those games. That's $700,000 right there. Now, how much of that they keep, I don't know. But when you look at the amount of money they bring in, you got to pay for that program, the infrastructure improvements at the at the arena, assistant coaches. Their program looks really nice when you look at it, you know, the eye candy, you know, the men's basketball offices, the locker rooms. You know, Johnny Jones' salary above and beyond is the highest paid coach in the SWAC, bar none. There's not even there's not even anyone within, you know, close. You know, he's making well over two. I don't know if any other coach is even close to that. So, you know, I, I think the guarantees are the way to go. Um, we might not like it, but if you want to bring in a big chunk of money in a short period of time, that's the guarantees. And I think it's been required for most of our coaches and ADs to bring in X amount of dollars, whether it's five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of guarantees. And as Wheeler Brown said, a lot of ills that that, that unfortunately you're going to experience to bring in that type of money. Well, I, I don't like playing, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be consistent for the record. Uh, we know I'm not an AD, but I don't like playing 9, 10, 11, 12. But if they're going to get 100% or 90% of, of that money from playing it, I can understand it. But guess what? Texas Southern has had success. So it's easy to go back and say, hey, we've won 9 out of 11 uh, tournament champions chips. So it is easier, but 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 again, everybody resources wise is is not on the same level. With even within the conference, there are haves and have nots. Uh, Wheeler, you know, you, you can't tell me. And, and again, all has to uh, coach Bussy at Alcorn, but they don't have the resources like Texas Southern. But the, mm-hmm. but he's had he's been success. It seems like most of the pressure is on basketball to kind of help. You know, football, because football brings in the most money. A lot of pressure on basketball coaches to, 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 well, to but win. Football also, spends, football also spends the most money. So, well, yeah, you know, I at understand. The, at, the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you be hard-pressed. And when we talk about football making money, you know, when you compare what they bring in, revenue, total revenue mm-hmm. to their expenses, you would be hard pressed to really find uh, them coming into black. Any football program on our level, okay? Mm-hmm. It's just you know when when you throw in the whole gamut, scholarships and travel and meals and salaries and you know the whole nine yards. When you toss all that together, you know, and you know you look at ticket prices and you look at parking and. You look at, you know, the, the whole nine yard guarantees and things of that nature. At the end of the day, I'm almost 99.9% sure that there are very, very, very few HBCU programs that come into black as it pertains to football. You know, I call these sports football, you know, is a feel good sport. You know, it ain't really making no money at the end of the day, but it makes everybody feel good when you're successful makes the alums feel good. Hopefully they dig a little deeper. You know, it makes the campus feel good. The students feel good. The president feels good. You know, he gets some 
some trash talking vibes off of that, that sort of thing. So, you know, football to me, I've always said football to me, and I love football. I'm a football guy. But as a businessman, at the end of the day, it's a feel-good sport, and that's it. Well, how can we go from being a feel-good to a profitable one? What are some solutions? Well, I mean, now that, that's, that's, that's a tough one, Carlos. That's a tough mm-hmm. one. I mean, the dynamics are what the dynamics are, you know, and, and certain things are, are not going to change. You know, you are a part of a conference that uh, is in the red also pretty much. And, uh, you know, there's, there's not much that you're going to be able to do about that. The conference pretty much dictates your conference schedule. So you know at the end of the day, there's only going to be so much dollars that are going to be coming your way, you know, from the uh, rival teams that you would like to play on a yearly basis that maybe that you, you cannot. You know, I know that I'm going to get more money playing. Uh, I'm going to just throw a name out there, maybe playing Southern than I would if I'm playing Pine Bluff, you know, but Southern's only coming to me once every other year. So I can only count on that big number every other year, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so, you know, as long as you're going to be dictated to by whatever conference you're in and uh, those things that are out of your control, there's not going to be a whole lot that you're going to be able to do to change that dynamic. Well, so, Wheeler, with the commissioner now, Dr. McClellan, and, and, and I think there are some advantages, correct me if I'm wrong, but being in the conference, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, no doubt about that. You, you want to be, you know, in an environment with, with other schools like yourself, you know, not just athletically, but, you know, academically. I mean, there are all kinds of advantages of being in a conference. There's no doubt about that. You know, but, you know, you also have to weigh the cons as well as the, the pros. You know, from a basketball point of view that, you know, if, if you have an outstanding season, but you don't win your conference tournament, you're not going to the big dance, you know, because you're in a conference where normally just one team gets an opportunity to, to go to the big dance. And uh, so, you know, there are all kind of pros and cons. You know, I mean, I love being in a conference with other schools that look like me, you know, with, uh, you know, the rivalries and things of that nature that go along with that, the pageantry. I mean, you can't put a price tag on those things, Carlos, at all. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just that you kind of get into trouble yourself when you try to separate the two or think that one may be more valuable than, than the other and you start stepping on toes within your own dynamic, you know, you don't want to raise ticket prices to the point where, you know, average Joe Blow can't bring his family, you know, to the football game, that sort of thing. Or, you know, you charge an astronomical fees to get on a tailgate lot, you know, to the point where, you know, your numbers are going to go down, that sort of thing, because that just happens to be, you know, a, a hot item or, or a hot ticket, you know, so from an athletic director's point of view, you know, along with your business folk and, you know, your president, things of that nature, that's a fine line that, that you have to walk at the end of the day. You know, and quite frankly, Carlos, you know, it's a situation where, 
You're damn if you do, damn if you don't. Somebody ain't going to be pleased at the end of the day. But you as the AD are going to have to try to make the, the best decision possible, you know, for the good of all your programs, you know, as you make the decision and not just that one single program that's being affected by the decision at that particular time. Right. Hey, hey, uh, AD Brown, let me ask you this. How, how big would it be uh, well, how big are the corporate dollars? I, I think it. I think that's an area that we all are missing out on. And the reason why I bring that up is because I funded my television show for this entirety through corporate dollars. And if I could put it, if, if me, the basketball coach, if I can go out and, and get money to fund my TV and TV and radio show, Doing out my throughout my career, shouldn't the AD be able to go out and bring in corporate dollars? I, I think when you talk about those kind of instances, uh, Coach Petaway, you have to look at who else you're competing with. You know, institutional advancement is a funny area on everybody's campus. You know, and a lot of times, you know, we're all bumping heads in terms of going to the same entities trying to get dollars. You know, I've been in institutions where, you know, I've been told don't go here, don't go there, because, you know, we're working on that particular uh, uh, company or, you know, we're working on this particular entity, that sort of thing. So, you know, if you've got free reign to do that, then, of course, you know, you'll be able to, uh, you know, go out there and improve your lot, so to speak. Uh, but if you don't have free reign like that, you know, then and you got to worry about stepping on toes and, you know, crossing lines and things of that nature, then it becomes really difficult. And then also, Coach, like I said, you know, that's one of the quote-unquote advantages slash disadvantages of being in a, in a conference also. Because, you know, if I'm pitching – my wares to a sponsor that's already one of the conference sponsors, then, you know, we don't want to take away from the whole, you know, trying to get a little piece out of there for my radio show or, or, you know, what any entity that, you know, anything that I'm doing, that sort of thing. So, you know, you got to walk that line. And, you know, and I also say this, you know, if you don't have a good, assistant AD, associate AD, you know, if you don't have quality people in those positions, you know, when you're out there trying to beat down doors to get funding and things of that nature, what's happening back at the shop? You know, who's who's running the shop? You know, is, is everything going as planned, you know, back, back on campus? Are the kids doing what they need to do? Uh, you know, your APR where it needs to be, uh, folk going to classes, the academics uh, where they need to be, things of that nature. So, you know, a lot of times as we talk about the AD's position and the AD's primary responsibility is to go out there and raise funds and bring money into the program, we have to remember that, you know, with, without those quality people backing me up on campus, yeah, and making sure that things are running well in my absence, then I'm taking a real big chance in terms of going out there and beating on doors to the point where I'm neglecting what's going on back back at the shop. 
And and so, you know, you, you got to be a master juggler, you know, and you are only going to be as good as the people that you are allowed to surround yourself with. And, and that's first and foremost. Right. And she's going to not to take us back to that same piece where me as a coach, I want to retain my top assistant. You as an AD, you want to bring, you want to make sure that you're, that you got quality people around you. So we're both in the same boat. So are we rowing in the same direction? That I mean, I, I, I think sometimes with, on some of these campuses, the the coach is more recognizable than the athletic director. I, I, I know that there have been there have been situations where a coach is able to open a door that an AD can't open, and that's only because that coach is out there more. That coach is out in the community more. That coach is seen more. That coach is more recognizable than the athletic director. And if you don't have a good relationship between the two, that could create a problem now. I, I think you are absolutely right on that, uh, uh, Coach Petaway. And my mantra has always been a good AD is, is seen and not heard. You know, so, you know, it's, it's a natural for your coaches to be more uh visible that sort visible. of thing i mean that's right. that's the that's the major part of the dynamic in and of itself you know because you want your coach you want coaches that are going to be you know out there that are going to be easily recognizable that sort of thing they're going to do more to draw people to your department and to your programs overall than our athletic director is ever going to do and uh but at the same time you want those coaches have to walk a, a, a tightrope also because right. you don't want to take from their ability to get their teams prepared and to put a quality product out there on the floor. You know, so if, if my coach is so concerned about bringing in funds to the point where his shop is lacking, you know, then at the end of the day, he may be hell of a fundraiser and, and maybe bringing in some some good monies, that sort of thing. But, you know, when we sit down and have that frank conversation about that one loss record, you know, or what have you, or, or changes occur, you got a new AD comes in or a new president comes in and his philosophy or, or is, is not the same as the person who just left out the door. And, uh, you know, they're not, they may not be as understanding as the guy that just left, you know. So, you know, you as a coach got to walk that fine line in terms of making sure that, you know, my, my shop is in place, you know, and that I'm putting a winning product out there on the floor, that sort of thing. My kids are going to class and doing what they're supposed to do. My APR is where it needs to be. And, you know, the things of that nature. So, you know, yeah, but I want my coach to be more popular than me. Yeah, no doubt about that. Definitely. And, and you know, it's interesting, yeah. Charles, that you look at, um, and I guess this is a question to, to everybody. Have you worked with someone like that, kind of have a dual capacity? And we often say it should be we instead of I because we're, we're a team. But but just for instance, I think of one coach who was who was very popular. You could recognize him, Charles. You talked to him last week on your broadcast. Who also was a now I'll put it this way was allowed to uh, help fund his baseball program, and I think it was part of his salary. Roger Kador. 
Now, a person, a person like that, who gets out and, and is recognizable, but then also, to you guys' point, you got to have that. So, you know, sometimes we have a title associate head coach on the athletic director's position. Now, you have associate AD for media relations. You have uh, an AD that has a business background. You can incorporate all of that. You agree or disagree? to help uh, your athletic department be successful. I, I agree. I mean, oh, de- I, I just go back throughout the course of my 30-plus years in this league. It's typically almost a one-man band. You know, you, you got to have a team of people now to make that work. You know, you, you got a guy at the top who's the AD, but then you also have to have a team of people as far as marketing, as far as going out and beating the bushes and, and selling the program. Yes, you're the AD and you help close the deal, but you gotta have a team of people other than just one or two people to make that happen. Just like on the basketball court, it can't just be Johnny Jones. It can't just be Landon Bussy. Now Landon Bussy has three coaches, three assistants. I'm sure he would love to have two or three more, but it's, it's not financially feasible. Johnny Jones, on the other hand, has six assistants, probably, maybe seven. I don't know how many. He's got a bunch over there. But who's paying for that? I'm sure Texas Southern and in part guaranteed. So I think it's just a little bit different dynamic. But I think we all could agree that in all 12 of our institutions, there has to be more, more in terms of more uh, in terms of administration, more than just the AD and maybe one or two others. There has to be a whole bunch more people on the ground and leaving their campuses to make it happen. And right now, it's just not happening. It's just not. You know, it's Ashley Robinson, uh, Jackson State, and maybe one other. Uh, you've got Raynoy Dito at Alcorn, and you've got maybe one other. But as, as Wheeler Brown said, you, it's a daily grind on campus to make sure that the business is being handled on the campus. Who's going to handle that? And at the end of the day, our administrations, Carlos, want to talk to the head of that athletic department. They don't want to talk to the assistant. When something goes wrong, who are they going to want to talk to? If something went wrong at Fort Valley, they're going to want to, at Fort Valley Athletics. The one call that's going to be made is to the is to the AD, is to Wheeler Brown. They don't want to hear from anyone else other than him. And so you got to juggle that, as he mentioned. You got to be on campus, but you got to get off campus to do what you need to do. So in order to do that, you either got to leave the shop, find out what's going on back at your shop, or you got to have people that can leave your shop and you stay at the shop. And I totally agree. That hasn't changed all that much in the 30 plus years that I've been in a part of this league. It's been that way. And unless more money comes in, and which I don't see particularly. And, and Wheeler Brown brought up a good point too, Carlos, in terms of the expenses of athletics. The one thing that we don't talk about, and it was, was ingrained to me years ago, scholarships is a big time expense. LSU writes a check for six or $7 million just for scholarships because those players need to get in school. So the foundation pays for the scholarships. It's the same way at all of our schools. You can waive that scholarship to the student athlete, but you can't waive it to the university. It still has to be collected. That student has to be paid for, and that's an expense whatever the tuition is, that's millions of dollars every single year for that. So there, there, there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot more money going out than it is going in. And therefore, you see where we are in terms of being short ADs, assistant ADs, marketing teams, 
fundraising, assistant coaches. You see that across the board. It's improved a little, but I think the dynamics today, the pressure to win is a little bit more to where you want coaches to have what they need for the most part and then be evaluated based on that. Man, there's some interesting comments in the chat room. <laughs> Willis says, I don't need my president telling my coach he needs to be raising money over winning. <laughs> also, uh, Willis says, I do not live with low expectations. The conference needs to stop working in that way and the schools. But the bottom line is we're talking about resources. And again, how do we get more? I know there's a state funding mechanism if you're a state school. What about the HBCUs that are private? How I, I've heard alumni has to do more, have to give more, right? Southern just had a jagathon, athletic uh, where you call in pledges, 86, I think 86,000, 82 to 86,000. Some people say, oh, it, could, it should be a lot more because you look at the alumni base that Southern has outside of Louisiana, Houston is huge. You got them all over. So we talk about giving back, giving alumni. We've also talked about ADs have a hard job. ADs that should have assistance that can help. Us ADs that have a business background, coaches, they have to do more with less. So, shouldn't all three ADs, president and coaches, go on a tour? Ooh. Have we seen that? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've seen yeah. that mm -hmm. in the past and, and go out mm -hmm. and try to reach other uh, people. I know inflation is up, I've heard about expenses pretty much, Willer. You basically said athletic departments are in the, the red. Even if we look mm -hmm. up at the higher level, only about five or six institutions are in the black. A lot of them are in the red. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's, it's tough. The mindset is as such. And I know asking the question, what can we do? As far as solutions, you, you can't ask answer that right now. But well, boy, Carlos, I'm I'm gonna say you this. gotta start doing something now, else. Not to not not to interrupt you, not to interrupt you. But you know when you're old well, you man, you know, your thoughts come and go, and you gotta you gotta spin them out there when you get them. But uh, <laughs> you know, there's an old adage yeah, out there, I know Carlos. Getting you gotta mm -hmm. you gotta spend money to make money. Okay, mm -hmm. and what we normally try to do on HBCU level. We want things to increase without having to spend money in order to help facilitate and in order to help make those increases mm -hmm. happen. We just think that, well, you know, if we go out and talk to a few people, or, you know, if we do this or we do that, you know, then, then we can get the desired result. You got to spend money to make money. You know, if, mm -hmm. if, if you want a capital campaign, you know, for athletics or what have you, then you know you got to get the shiny objects. You gotta uh, uh, do the fancy brochures. Then these things cost money. You know you you got to do the advertising and all those kind of things that are necessary to get that word out there, to keep that word out there, things of that nature. And we on HBCU level, we're reluctant to do that. You know we want the windfall, 
you know, behind everything that happens, but we don't want to pay for the process. And until we buckle down and decide that we're going to pay for the process, you know, then it's going to, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I would also say this, Carlos, if you got an AD that's out there banging on doors uh, to try to find sponsors and things of that nature, then nine times out of 10, his shop back at campus is not what it needs to be. Your AD should be your closer. Okay, there should mm-hmm. be somebody else that's out there banging on that door, setting that table, okay, and then that person comes back and say, Wheeler, I got IBM on the hook, need for you to come in and make this presentation, you know, let's bring it home. You know, these are the things that you're going to need to cover, talk about, la-di-da, so forth, so on, you know, let's, let's bring it home. But if you got the, if you have an AD that's doing all of those things, you know, they're banging on the doors, they're setting the table, and they're trying to close, you know, something else is going to be lacking back at home. It's just the dynamic. It's just the way. It's just the way it is. Well, that's why I, I believe an associate head coach, an associate AD with a business background, and um, it, it sounds like you're saying just like in recruiting. Your assistants go out and make the pitch, and then the closer comes out of the bullpen. And that is the uh, head coach. Hold that thought. We got to take a final time out. Uh, This is interesting, uh, the conversation. Hopefully one day we won't have to have one like this, and everything is just (laughs) like the pie in the sky. At least that's the goal. You seek perfection, but you may not get it. But, boy, you have fun doing it. We'll be back. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home. And together, we can be the change. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. There's a shot. shot so that might be. It could, it could be. Right field. Grand slam. What a shot. That's how you get hot, young fella. Thank you guys for what you do for HBC fantastic avenue for, for for all of us this is our espn so we we we, we love what you guys do and all you guys at bcsn we really appreciate what it is that you got you guys do first nope nope come on him Ooh, i like him The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. 
Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Anxiety attack. Yeah. Uh, 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 speaking of <laughs> Southern University Band, I'm sure they uh, feel like they could be funded uh, 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 better. But I know that's a probably another uh, piece of the conversation. Um, welcome back, everyone. We've got about uh, 11, 12 minutes left in today's show. Um, we appreciate Coach Petaway, uh, Willa Brown, and Charles Edmund joined the conversation. You know, during the break, I brought up, you know, ADs have a tough job. I understand that. Now, in, in some cases, some institutions are adding back sports. Like, example, Southern is adding um, men's tennis and men and women's golf. Willer, that's another um, piece that you're adding to the athletic program. And, and look, we're, we're talking about football also. You stated that um, they spend the most money, they make the most money. But then um, we've been talking about basketball and, and how they can add to the overall athletic uh, budget. I know there's uh, revenue and there's expenses. How do you handle now, if you're in Southern's case, they're adding, and, and I think, uh, fam, you would like to add those sports back. Is that another headache to uh, to, to to your resume, Willard? <laughs> well, it's definitely another headache, Carlos. There's no doubt about that. You know, you you would only hope that uh, the university sees it as an enrollment driver. You know, because the majority of those kids hopefully are going to be non-scholarship type kids. So you know, they're paying their way to get into the institution you know, Pell Grants and, you know, the whole nine yards, financial aid, whatever it is that, you know, they, it needs to, in order to, for them to be able to attend. And so, you know, you hope that that is the main driver, you know, of the, uh, the gist of adding those particular sports, you know, to help with the, you know, enrollment, uh, enrollment drivers, that sort of thing, to help with overall enrollment, because, you know, the majority of those kids, 
golf kids and soccer kids, that sort of majority of those kids aren't, aren't on scholarship. You know, but at the same time, you know, like you just said, you know, I mean, they're going to have expenses. It's going to cost for them to travel, uniforms, equipment, meals. I mean, the whole nine yards with that, you got to pay coaches and assistant coaches. And, uh, you know, so it's taken away from something, you know, if you don't have provisions already been made, you know, to, to handle those excess sports. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I, I I wonder, again, is there some way that athletic departments can be helped? I, I understand about alumni giving back and, and, and sponsoring things. Where, where do you see our schools? I know it's a kind of a basic question. But where where do you see our schools five ten years from now? Because again, some of them are not on the same footing resources wise. But is there hope? Is there hope for better days ahead? Uh, I, I think, I there think there's always hope. Yeah. Go ahead, coach. No, no. I, I see. I, I think that. I think that more and more the the new presidents and the new ADs, they're understanding that athletics is a business and they're looking at more on the business side that we, we got to spend dollars to make dollars and we got to start putting people in place who can go out and get these dollars. We, we got to do a better job of marketing our programs, marketing our university so that we can compete for those corporate dollars out there. And, and, and A.D. Brown is right. If you're not, if the A.D. is not on his campus taking care of his shop, there are too many things that can go wrong. But there should be people already in place on the university staff and in the athletic department to assist in these areas because everybody's not built the same. Like when, when I started coaching the A&M, they only did everything for the football team. So what I did, I asked. Could this be put in my contract? Okay, you don't provide a basketball show. You don't provide a, a radio show. You don't provide courtesy cars. Can I put, can this be in my contract? And can I go out and do this on behalf of the university? And they said, yes, and I made it happen. So see, you, you, you gotta have, you gotta have more thinking like that. I, I didn't compete against anybody else. I just went for what I knew. I went after the people that supported Van Petaway and Alabama A&M basketball. I got into those corporate offices and I made it happen. I made the courtesy cards happen. I made the funds. The university did not have to spend one dime for my TV and radio show because everything was raised through corporate dollars. All they had to do was allow me to come back and say, I'm going to give these people advertising spots. And that's all I did. And, and, and we made it work. But that was me looking out for my program. That was me looking out for the athletic department. Because in me doing my own thing with, with basketball, I was able to bring along our women's basketball program. I was able to bring along when we added bowling. I, I, I helped the bowling program. I was able to bring along men's soccer because we were the only team in the SWAT with a men's soccer team. 
So they got support because of the things that I was able to help put in place. And I just think we got to have more of that. And Carlos, I will, I will say this. Look over the last 20 years, 25 years. Okay, look at the haves and have-nots. Okay, see who are still the haves and the have-nots. And then you get your answer moving forward. You know, those schools that have traditionally been the haves, Southern, Jackson State, you know, uh, uh, FAMUs and, you know, those Hamptons and, you know, those folks such as that, you know, they're still the haves at the end of the day. You know, those who have traditionally been on the short end of the stick, let's say like Valley and, you know, there are a few others that are, that are out there that have been shortchanged over the years. They're still being shortchanged, you know, and for whatever reason, I don't see that changing over the, over the course of time. There's going to have to be something cataclysmic that happens, uh, you know, pretty much, pretty much for that to change. You're going to have your haves. You're going to have your have-nots. You know, you would hope that at some point in time the gap would be narrowing. But if you look at over the past 20-plus years, that gap hasn't narrowed at all. If anything, it's, it's gotten wider. And not even just HBCUs for us, the athletic society. You see in that even more so, the have and the have not even in 2023. Now, comparable to your peers, that's another question. And who would be peers? I think everyone knows the answer of that in football on FCS, you know, other conferences. Um, but the, even within the conference, you kind of hope. You kind of hope. But you got to get past hope. You got to put something in place uh, to help from a business standpoint. So it sounds like to me, just me, you got to have the right people in place. The mindset has to, uh, to continue to change and evolve to help out because the student athletes, they're kind of different in a way comparable to 20 years ago. Even when we look like, like Southern, you know, they got a capital locker room capital campaign. A lot of the app student athletes that they're recruiting, even on the high school level, they have what they need and they expect to see that when they move to the next level. So hopefully I would love to not have this conversation again, but you know, it is what it is. Reality is what it is. Coach Petaway, close the comments for you, sir. Well, it, it's been a wonderful day. I think we, we ended up the basketball season uh, doing great. And, and I want to encourage you to continue doing the job that you're doing on getting the message out. And uh, I look forward to uh, being a part in the future. Yeah, like next week. We didn't get into that NBA, but it'll be playoff <laughs> times then. Will, Will, who is your NBA team? I know who your NFL team is. Uh, you know, are, I don't uh, really have an Has I'm anybody not, seen Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson? Where's Lamar Jackson? <laughs> I tell you, you'll see him in a Ravens uniform come September. I can tell you that. But I'm not a big NBA fan, Carlos. I'm a fan of college basketball because I'm more of a student at the end of the day. 
you know, I, I like the strategy, the X's and O's and, you know, all that sort of thing. And I, I don't get that from the, from the pro game, you know, nine times out of 10, the better team wins and all that sort of thing. It's, I don't, I can't really fathom the strategy NBA wise. So I don't, I don't, I don't have an, uh, an NBA team, but uh, it's good that we have these kind of conversations. Carlos, your show is an invaluable tool in terms of, you know, forwarding the message and, and things of that nature. Because uh, because the layperson, you know, the average Joe Blow, you know, they, they need to know the ins and outs of, you know, what it takes to, you know, run a department, to be, you know, in the coach's shoes, so to speak, and kind of understand a little better the things that they go through, the things that administrators go through, things of that nature. You know, plus you guys are good company, so that, that helps also. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I I know it's a tough job, and sometimes the conversation is not pleasant. But hey, you gotta live and learn. Charles Edmund, close the comment, yeah, sir. I mean, this, is, this is a this is a great conversation to have, and you've heard from obviously Coach Petaway's been in it, Wheeler Brown's been in it, and I'm working close to it. You know, I tell I talk to coaches all the time, and. And they talk about kind of the same types of things where they just want to focus on their sport and none of the other stuff because they get paid to win games. They get paid to make sure their kids go to class, APR. That, that's enough on their plate. Then you're trying to, you're trying to win games. So I, I think I, I understand where everybody is coming from, and we just, we just hope and pray at some point in time it does get better. It's a long slog. It's a long process. But I'm an HBCU lifer. And so I'm always going to hold out for hope that things will at some point in time get better. I, I like these conversations and then I don't like them, but again, um, you can learn. And I think the mindset is you got to always evolve the way you thought 20 years ago, you got to be ready to change and adapt a, a new philosophy sometimes um i love hbcus i graduated from one uh, i i would love to see us do better and and you know you got to have hope and you got to have faith but with faith you got to have works and so uh hbcus uh, once again we won't be here 200 years some of us won't be here 50 years from now but you want to make sure hbcus are still relevant and financially in good shape and it's long standing because it is institutions that have played an important part in the life of African Americans, but not only African Americans now. You have non-traditional students, older students that are coming back. And so we gotta make sure that our HBCUs are viable and relevant in the near future. I want to thank everyone who uh, watched and listened. I want to thank Brian Fulford um, for producing today's show. And Brian, yes, I'm putting it out there early. Fam you in the East <laughs> in football. I'm putting them out there. I'm putting them uh, on the pressure scale. Have a great uh, holiday tomorrow. We appreciate everyone, and we'll make sure you join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here 
on the Black College Sports Network. Until next Saturday at that time, <laughs> as always, peace and God bless. Boy, he just loves that chop. Coach Petaway, he loves all corn with that and chop. Now you do it. And now you can do it. He deserves that chop. I'm coming, I'm coming to Florida.